Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our church services online once again. And we are continuing our series in the, the book of Joshua. And right off the bat, I have a question for you. Have you ever been in that trust challenge where you had to trust somebody? You know, I remember in youth years ago, it's like, okay, put your arms out and fall back into somebody behind you, and you have to hope they're there, and you just fall back. <laughs> have you been in that place where you have done that challenge? Uh, how well you did, you can share it with one another, but I don't know if you even realize, we put our trust in people a lot. If it's as a parent, trusting your teacher with your child. If it's trusting a doctor with your health. Trusting a banker, a lawyer with your finances. Uh, but really, if to be honest, I think we would feel better if we were in control. That I had control of everything. That's when I would feel better, right? Because we've been let down by people. And maybe you even feel today, as you're listening, well, I've been let down by God. And I hope and pray today, as we look into the book of Joshua, into chapter 4 and 5, may you be encouraged to trust in the one true God. And right off the bat, I want us to say, often we have created a place where do we trust God and his promise, or is it a good wish? Here's God saying, trust me, and I'm, I'm not so sure. And then we create this, well, I wish this. God, will you answer this? And God doesn't meet that wish. Therefore, we cannot trust God. We do need to clarify that right in the beginning. We need to trust God in his promises. And man, I want to encourage you today from God's word of what God wants to do in and through your life as you trust him in taking that step forward. That's my hope and prayer today we would be able to do that, to take a step forward. Because I think every one of us in this COVID time has been challenged and we just want to go back to our comfort places. And God's saying, I want to take you farther stepping forward. And so... Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we invite you to come in. And Lord, would you speak into my life, into each one, where you want us to step forward, to step and put our foot into the water, not knowing where it will take us. Lord, lead us, speak into our lives this day. Through your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Because personally, I can tell you, God has been nudging me. He's been challenging me to step forward. And this passage of Scripture, Pastor Rob's messages, have been stirring to saying, what is God calling me to do? Will I trust him? And will I trust him? So turn to Joshua. If you have your Bibles, uh, open your app. Look at this Word of God with me. And just the background, remember, this is... God calling Israel to step out into obedience into this promised land that he had promised Abraham. He had promised his people. And the first generation, 
said, ah, God, we don't believe you can fulfill this promise. We're not stepping in. And they wandered in the desert for 40 years till they died. And now we're picking that up. This, this new generation, the younger generation is stepping forward. They, they're not saying, oh, I wish we went back in Egypt. They've been on manna burgers for 40 years. Uh, they are looking to go forward. Okay? And God has called them through Joshua to step into the waters to cross over the Jordan on dry ground. Okay, so picture with me, the water is a wall of water. The Jordan that was flooding over is now dry. And if we pick it up in chapter 4, verse 10. And the people passed over in haste. Do you blame them? <laughs> Would you not rush off in haste? Uh, the water is standing up like, okay, we're running across this thing. Okay, they rock off in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over the ark of the Lord and the priest passed over before the people, and then pick it up in verse 18, and when the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up out of the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted out of the water, where the water would be, onto dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to the places overflowed its banks as it did before. Wow! So here they are. They take their foot out of the water, and that water is back at overflow stage. These are amazing, powerful, historical events that are taking place. And they're in the midst of this. Amazing, powerful thing that's taking place. And so then there's another thing that God tells them to do in this process that Joshua was to tell uh, one of the leaders of each tribe to take out a, a stone out of the riverbed and we're going to stack it. Okay, so I'm going to pick that picture up in verse 20. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgah. That's where they were camping out in this, this new land. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children... Ask their fathers in times to come. What are these stones doing here? What does this mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. Wow. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did. Oh, a second time with the Red Sea. He's done it before, which he dried up for us until we passed over. And why are you telling them this? Look at verse 24. So that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Do you catch that? Let me read that again. That all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. He is mighty, that they would fear him. We get this picture of it's a historical event that God is in control. He is all-powerful. You can trust this God. Now we pick up what takes place in chapter 5, and I, I want to read just another few portions of this chapter. Chapter 5, first few verses, 
first verse. As soon as all the king of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings to the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan and the people of Israel were able to walk through and cross over, their hearts melted. And there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. This idea of spirit in them is like they were like totally, no backbone would be another picture. They were like, whoa, we're in trouble. Okay? So then they, they did uh, renewed some of their covenants through circumcision, uh, restoring their saying, we are God's people. They did the Passover and remembered the, the Passover of what God had done coming out of Egypt that God is with them. And on that day, it says in verse 12, And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land, and there was no longer manna for the people of Israel. They ate the fruit of the land of the Canaan, of Canaan that year. Another historical event. They were raised on manna. Manna of any kind. Think if that's all they had. And now it was no more. They were in the promised land. Historical event taking place. Now just to wrap up, and I'll, I'll make sense of all this in a moment. But look at verse 13. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and he looked. And behold, there was a man was standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. What would you do? And Joshua went to him and said, are you of us or our adversaries? Are you for us or against us, basically, is the question. And he said, no, to either. I'm not for you, I'm not for them. But I am a commander of the army of the Lord. Who is the commander of the army of the Lord? And now I have come, and Joshua fell at his feet, to the earth and worship and he said what does the lord say to his servant wow and the commander of the lord's army said joshua take off your sandals from your feet for this place where you are standing is holy and joshua did it you might have heard that another time if you're familiar with the scriptures moses when he was called in the burning bush God said, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. In this same moment, Joshua, this historical event, he just watched this happen. He could have been pretty proud. Look at this. Look, God's using me. And he falls to his feet and worships the Lord. This is holy ground. And it's that humble moment that God's moving this historical event of all this stuff taking place, establishing the faith. The, God is building, building blocks of faith to say, are you ready to step forward in what I'm going to do? Think about it. Overwall, this wall of water as they walk through on dry ground. Amazing miracle. They, they reestablish their covenant with God. The manna that they've been eating, no more manna, that stops. Then we have 
the, the army of the Lord, this God himself, if you will, saying, are you with me? Historical events taking place. These are faith builders. So let me narrow it down and bring out, uh, I'll give you four handles that we sort of come through on this, this scripture. And remember, what is God saying to you as we come to this? Are you willing to step forward and trust God? Number one, he brings them to a place to remember his promise. He brings them to a place to remember God's promise to them. Through the covenant, through circumcision, through the Passover, reminding them of who God is. The waters on edge, reminding them who God is. He brings them to a place to remember. As he does us in many times, he brings us to a place to remember who God is. We do the Lord's Supper to remind us of what God has done. This generation is not grumbling, saying, take us back to Egypt. They're stepping forward. God is establishing this place of saying, trust me, remember who I am. Because the whole purpose, if I were to say, of this book is to reestablish you can trust God's promises. It's a message of trust me. Trust me. Do we trust him to step into the promised land? That promised land was promised to Abraham in Genesis 17, just giving us some background. And he said to Abraham, the whole land of Canaan where you are now reside as a foreigner, I will give it as an everlasting possession to you and to your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Genesis 17. A promise that they could trust. As a follower of Jesus, we have those moments of remembrance of what God has done for us. Again, as I say, coming around the Lord, say, we well, remember that God saved me. God did this. God did that. And I have these stones of memory <laughs> of all the things that God has done, that God is faithful. And then that's one thing to establish the faith so we can, we're getting stronger because we're looking or putting our eyes on Jesus and what he's done. We can, we're, we're, ready to step forward to where God is leading us. Second point we see from this passage is that we're called to share of what God has been doing. They had the stones to remind them when they say, hey, what are these stacks, pile of stones for? That was to remind them to pass on the story of what God had done. And this could be a whole sermon in itself of what, you know, we have may have trophies on our mantles of what you have done but do you have stuff on your mantle showing what God has done you're telling the story because the kids are asking your neighbors are asking your co what, is, what do you have that for oh that is reminding me of what God had did has done in my life over here he has delivered me I was in this situation and God pulled me out one is salvation. One is 
Here's one for you. Have a picture of your baptism. Like, what is that? What are you doing in the water with that dude? You know? <laughs> what an opportunity to tell the story of God's faithfulness. That God pulled you up and saved you. That you have been set apart. When we take the Lord's, uh, the bread and the cup for communion, and now doing it in your homes, what an opportunity to tell your children. What is this? This is what Christ has done for me. This is the power of God, that God so loved me that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I made that step, and God changed me. Those transformation moments where we can tell those stories of God's power, where we're sitting with our kids and praying, God, I don't know what to do. We're living in Regina, and there's no, they, we don't have winter coats because we moved there from where it's warm here in the lower mainland. And a garbage bag of clothes shows up on our doorstep the next morning. Nobody knew that. My neighbors were not uh, necessarily Christians. I didn't know any Christians in my neighborhood. But there was a bag. I don't know where it came from to this day. But my kids had coats. God provides. And we can tell those stories again and again of God's provision that we can trust him. And we're to tell those stories, to lay out the truths of the stories. Now, if your life has not been changed, it has not been transformed, it's really hard to tell the stories. It's, it's all the trophies of who you are, what you have done. But when the Bible talks about giving glory to God, it's not about what I have done. It keeps pointing back to what God's doing. Those are those opportunities to share the stories because God's work. So faith means obedience. If I believe God, I'm going to step forward. And he establishes this. He reminds us to look at what I've done. I've brought salvation. Share that with others. Share that with your kids. During time of COVID, what an opportunity. We're, our kids are watching us when we get up, when we, when we stand around, when we work, when we... You know, when we're eating everywhere, Deuteronomy 6 tells us to do that. As you go about your day, you are showing them how to live the Christian life. So parents, they, God might be telling you to, hey, step up here. Uh, and we're all parents. I'm still parent. My kids are older, but I'm still parenting. It doesn't stop. I have grandkids as well. So we live with this place. I put here a question. Let me say this as I speak to myself. Uh, if I don't trust him with his promise, what am I telling my children, my neighbors, my coworkers? If I don't trust him in his promises. So I need to trust him in his promises and be reminded, build my faith in those promises. I need to step forward and share those promises with others around me. God's calling us. He's calling me to trust him. Take a step in the unknown. Are you with me? And one of the things that helped me in my life, in my Christian walk, is recognizing there's more than one chapter to my life. And I don't know if that at all helps you that you say, well, no, I'm planted here. I'm not moving. This is where I'm staying for the rest of my life. I'm comfortable. 
God, you called me here to this moment. So I'm staying here. And God's like, I called you here for this moment. Like when I got called into ministry, I said, okay, God, I'm ready to go. I finally gave up and I said, fine, I'll go into ministry. And he says, no, you're going to school to prepare for ministry. And as many of you know, school is not a high point in my life. Uh, <laughs> and he called me into school. And he's like, you're going. That's part of the training. It was a, that was the most uncomfortable place I've ever stepped into. Like, to make that choice. One was stepping into ministry, because I don't like crowds. This is works great, but uh, I didn't like school for many reasons that I don't need to share. And here God called me into that. I had to trust him. But it would say, sure, God, I trust you, but if I don't take the step, what does that mean? If you say to your kids, yeah, I trust Jesus, but we never trust them in everyday life, what are we saying to our kids? What are we saying to our neighbors? God is challenging us to step out and trust him. He's established this place to remind us whose we are through the communion. He comes to us, tell the story of what God's been doing in your life. It helps establish the faith to say, God, I can trust you. I'm going to step forward in whatever you ask me to do to trust and obey. And with the next one is recognizing, I do believe we need to grasp hold of this. And we see this in chapter 5. The battle belongs to God. Joshua said, okay, I'm going forward. He says, are you for me or against me? I am powerful. I am in control. God, you called me. I'm going. And then the, the, the army... <laughs> commander of the Lord's army shows up, puts Joshua back in his place. Are you for me? Remember, this is God's battle. This is God's war. It's God's wrath. And just to give you some understanding of why would God take out all the land of Canaan? Just a side note that you understand this. This is important. Genesis 15, verse 16 gives us the background of why God is coming in on the land of Canaan. In verse 16, he's telling the Israelites, Then in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites had not yet come to complete. We hadn't arrived. The, the stench was growing. And then in Deuteronomy, God says to Israel, It is not your righteousness or your uprightness of heart that you are going to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of that nation. God is bringing judgment on the land in Canaan. And he's giving the land to his chosen people, Israel. But it's not because of their righteousness that they're gaining this. So understand the mercy of God and God's holiness coming together here. This battle is not yours. In 2 Chronicles 20, it talks about that in verse 15. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow you're going to go down, this is what's going to happen. Again, we see that picture here. That's why the Apostle Paul could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
And the life I've learned to, to live in this, this walk of faith is wherever God calls me to go, I know that he will equip me to do it. It's his battle. It's, it's his, his duty. This is what he's doing. I'm just going to join God. It takes faith. I need to trust him. I need to take this step of obedience. to the God, I'm walking with you. You are calling me to do this. I, I trust you. The Christian walk is a walk of faith, which means I need to step in obedience in moving forward. These are faith builders to me. When you are holding on to the promises of God, this is what God says, I'm remembering who God is. Step one, I'm remembering God. is all powerfulness. This is historical faith. This is God. And I, I, I want to take every opportunity to share that with others. The power of God. I need to share with my children, my coworkers, my neighbors, saying this is what God does when they see your life. And I need to acknowledge that it's, it's God's. God is at work here. I am joining God in his work. He's the one who equips me. He's the one who empowers me. He's the one who, everything is for his glory. I keep pointing my life to him. When they say, hey, whoa, you did that? Well, it was, it was God. I remember saying, someone coming to me uh, after a Sunday sermon and, as a young preacher, and he said, wow, that was a good message. Well, I said, well, it wasn't me, it was, it was God. And she goes, well, it wasn't that good. <laughs> so, but just keep pointing to Jesus is my point, uh, that we recognize God's at work in us, and we just need to trust him and obey him in stepping forward with whatever he calls us to do. The last point that I want to wrap up here is uh, we need to choose whose side you're on. We need to stop inviting God into our battles and saying, God, I'm with you. I'm working where you're leading me. Allow the, and that's allowing his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Allowing him to lead you and direct you and be obedient to him. Don't just stay in the comfort zone saying, I'm good here. God is challenging each one of us in this COVID time. Are you willing to step forward? Are you willing to, to be a good neighbor wearing your mask and uh, being <laughs> obedient to uh, those in authority saying, hey, if this is what will help not spread the virus, I want the gospel to be spread. So if it's wearing a mask, spread the gospel. Go where you can go. Allow him. But you need to choose to say, Jesus, you're in control. You are the commander of the army. I am following you. And whatever you call me to do, I will step forward in it. Were you willing to do that? That's his call to us. Are you willing to, to be obedient and, and celebrate what God has done? Share it with others what God has done. If it is the steps of baptism, take that step and say, I'm going, I am all in for Jesus. And people, all I can tell you, when you obey God, when you step out in faith, there's no better place. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm saying there is no better place than when you trust and obey your Lord and Savior. 
For some of you, this might be a whole new thing. And I just encourage you, if it's that first step of saying, okay, I believe you exist, God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I want to ask you to come in and take control of my life. I want to trust you for my forgiveness of sins. I'm going to trust you with this newness of life. That's the start of the journey. And again, understand there's more than one chapter to this book of your life. And for now, you've been staying in one chapter. Is God taking you, no matter what age you are, is he stepping you into the next chapter of your life? Will you trust him? Israel was a long chapter in the wilderness. And he said, okay, guys, are you ready to step into the promise? The next chapter of your life. I challenge you as I challenge myself, as I hear God's calling to step out, be bold, and trust me. I am faithful. I will be with you. Whatever I call you to do, I will equip you to do it. Lord Jesus, this is overwhelming. To fathom one thing that you would call us, another thing to, to step out and trust you in the next chapter of our lives and what you are calling to us as parents, seniors, the midlifes of where you are, you are leading us as young adults. God, where you are taking us. Can we just all just say, God, I am willing to go where you call me to go. I will trust you. And I will share, I will share the story of what you have done in my life. And I will share the story of who you are that the world would know how great and mighty you are. As we even come to this moment uh, to think about what you have done for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. May you be challenged. May you be encouraged today. In the name of Jesus, amen.